Well, good morning, Contact family. Good morning to our Contact family that's online, too, and to the visitors that we've got watching. We're glad that you are here. Those of you who are visitors in the building, we're glad you're here, too. Uh, I know that the circumstances of that are rough, but we're glad that you're here anyway. Today is going to be uh, not so much housekeeping Sunday, but there's a little bit of that going on. This is our vision Sunday for 2021. We did something like this last year where we looked back at what had happened in 2019 and looked forward to what was going to happen in 2020. We nailed it, didn't we? We knew exactly what was going to happen in 2020, right? We got it all figured out. We were planning on everything, not even close. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what happened this past year and what's going to happen next year. We're going to be light on what happened last year and a little heavier on what we're going to be hoping for this year. So let's start off talking about our purpose. We're talking about our purpose and our mission. Our purpose is why we exist. Our mission is what we're going out to do. So our purpose is to grow disciples, create kingdom community, develop leaders in every neighborhood of West Tulsa and beyond. We are here in West Tulsa. We are not exclusively a church for people that live in West Tulsa, but our mission field is West Tulsa. So the place that we're really working on is in this zip code, 74107, and we'll talk more about that again in a minute. But what else? Grow disciples. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was growing disciples, right? And what did those disciples eventually become? They became leaders. They realized what their calling was from Jesus. They realized where they could be part of the mission and the ministry, and they stepped into that. And what we want for everyone here is that it's not just something that you come to sit down on Sunday morning, but it's something that transforms your whole life and that you become more and more like Jesus through every step of the way, everywhere you go. Create kingdom community. There's a reason church exists. And there's a reason that just doing spirituality on your own at home will never cut it. It'll never cut it. Now, I'm not talking about you folks that are online that are watching while we're doing pandemic or that can't be here today. I'm talking about people who say, I don't need a church to connect to God. Jesus calls the church the bride of Christ. That is what it's called in the New Testament. There's a reason that God wants us meeting this way. It is because we cannot do it on our own. I've, I have a lot of strengths, I have a lot of weaknesses. Billy has strengths I don't have. I need Billy. Rue has strengths I don't have. I need Rue, right? And we all need each other, because if we're trying to do it on our own, chances are 100% we're gonna miss something, right? We're gonna miss something. So create kingdom community, that is community that's not focused on whatever. There's a lot of reasons we can meet together, right? We can meet for bridge club. We can meet for, I don't know, video games. We can meet for whatever it is. We're talking about kingdom community that's focused on the cross, that's focused on Jesus, that's focused on God's mission in the world. Develop leaders. We talked about that already. So that's our purpose. That's why we exist. That's why we keep meeting together. We're going to talk about that a second again. Let's read our mission statement too. This is important that we all know this because we want to be on the same path. We want to be headed the same direction. We want everyone here to be part of what's going on. So Contact Mission Church of Christ serves to make disciples of Jesus Christ by planting seeds of hope and a future among youth and families from all walks of life and circumstances. All right? There's nothing that's in your past that means we don't want you here. There's nothing great that you've done. 
there's nothing terrible that you've done that means we don't want you here and that there's not a place for you in God's family. Does that mean we got to change sometimes? You better believe it. I've had to change a lot. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't want you and love you already where you are. We do this by following Jesus into West Tulsa's apartment complexes, neighborhoods, and public schools to share the good news and create kingdom community. That's been a little more challenging this year. 2020, it was tough to follow Jesus into some of those places because they wouldn't let us in, some of them. Couldn't go into the schools like we like to. Uh, the houses, we got to be careful going into the neighborhoods, but we still found ways. There's still ways that we did, and we want to keep on doing those things and invite more of you guys here to do those things with us this upcoming year. As we serve, we also train and empower congregations and youth groups across Tulsa and beyond to do the same in their own backyards. There are not enough of us to handle West Tulsa here, let alone all of Tulsa, let alone Oklahoma, let alone the world, right? This is a team effort. The kingdom is a team effort. No church, and by church I mean a building, I don't mean the church. No congregation is what I should have said, is enough to do it all. And so we are blessed to be in a position where we've got a few things that we think we're really great at and other congregations send their teens a lot of times, especially in the summer, to come and check us out or you'll see other groups that come through. Not as much again this last year because things were different, but they get to come through and hopefully we as a body here, and that doesn't just mean those of us on staff, that means you guys too because you guys are part of this family we get to show those, those groups what it looks like to serve in a different way than maybe they're used to, in a special contact way, right? Because there's some things special about this place, aren't there? Yeah, there are. There's a reason that we're here, because we've seen what God's doing here, and it's good news. All right, so let's talk about this for a second. You can't see this as well. This is called the flywheel. This is by uh, Dr. James Emery White over at Mech Church in North Carolina. We like a lot of his content. We reference him quite a bit. Uh, making disciples. This is just good to look at. Is my light working? No, my battery. Oh, no, my battery's going to die. I thought I changed it to good batteries, but apparently I changed it to bad batteries. So, you see up at the top, it says, we are about evangelizing the lost. There are people that haven't heard, right? Do they need to hear? Do they need to know the good news? Do they need the word of God? Amen, they do. Once they've heard, is that enough? No. Assimilate the evangelize. Assimilate's a weird word. It's a weird word. He uses it. I'm always like, man, I don't know if I'd have picked that word if I'd made this up. But it's, do you know everything as soon as you walk in the door? Are there customs? Are there how we pass the trays? Are there the way we live, the way we act, the way we talk? Some of those things are just tradition. Some of those things are things that are inspired by Jesus. And that if you watch other people and the way that they behave, especially people who've been Christians for a long time, there's things that you can learn and pick up and start doing in your own life. And so that's the assimilate the evangelist. For those that have now heard, we want to, to help people understand what it means to live a Christian life. And that it's not just a Sunday morning thing, but that it's an all week thing. Third one, disciple the assimilated. Okay, so once you've started picking up what's going on here, once you start understanding what's going on here, is there a lot more left? I was listening to a song this morning by the Newsboys, and it said, uh, oh, man, what was the line? We've just begun to understand. Just begun to understand. If you think you've got it all figured out and God all figured out, study a little more. 
There is so much more I know now that I don't know than when I started following Jesus. And that sounds daunting, but what it is is it's good news that God is infinite, that the depths of God's love are so far beyond what we can understand. God's love is so much deeper and wider and higher than we can fathom. And so we think we get it, but we just seen a speck of what God has in store for us because God has big things for us. And so when we talk about discipling the assimilated, there is so much further Ron has to go to be like Jesus. Do you believe that? Ron believes that. And that's good news. None of us have arrived. All of us are somewhere on the path towards becoming like Christ. And that's good news. And that means that anywhere you jump on, there's still ways to go. No one's got it. None of us have it together. None of us are all the way there. But we are redeemed by Christ. We are part of his family. Even if you don't have any of it figured out, but you've said yes to Jesus, you've figured out enough to start on the path. And that's great news. That's great news. That there's still more to grow. We're all growing. And the last thing it says, unleash the disciples. Once you have heard the message and figured out what's going on and are starting to grow into becoming more like Jesus, what's it time for you to do? To go find the people who haven't heard yet right? This is our mission. This it cycles around again. It cycles around again, and there's always more to do. So this is just a good reminder for us um, to look at. These verses over here, you absolutely cannot read them. This up here is Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, talking about purpose. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Community of worship, community of people who are working together. We'll hit on that again in a second. Mission down there. Jesus comes to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end. Amen. Jesus is with us. So that's purpose and mission. All right, so let's talk about 2021. We'll, we'll touch on some things that happened last year a little bit. Really what we want to do is remember that this last year was not the way we wanted it to be, right? A lot of things did not go the way we wanted to. That also invited us to ask some new questions and look at things some new ways, right? Because before this last year, you could not watch contact service online, could you? Now, if you have to be out for a week, you can still participate in some way in what's going on. And that's good. That's good news. We got people like Maria that's worshiping with us every single Sunday, every single Sunday from Mexico. And that's good news because she gets to be part of what her family's also doing here when she can't be here with them. So let's look at 2021. This is the same as last year, mostly because uh, these are still good focuses, but we're going to have one big thing that's different. And Terry already stole my thunder on it, so we'll get to it in a second. You're good. I was, I was thankful for that. First thing, focus on Jesus. Listen, if there is something that Contact Church is doing that doesn't point to Jesus, we need to reevaluate it. 
Because if what we're doing is not focusing on Jesus, why is it part of what we're doing as church? Does that make sense? Our lives are to focus on the master, on Jesus. And so we want to do that. All eyes on Jesus unifies us for his mission. I love this illustration. One of the elders at my church growing up did where someone pretended to be Jesus or something in the middle of a room, and everyone was standing all around the room. And he said, go towards Jesus. So what did everyone do? Well, everyone starts walking the same way from wherever they're at towards where Jesus was in the center. What happens at the end of that? Everybody's clumped together in the same place. Why? Because when you are focusing on Jesus, it brings us together. If we have our eyes truly focused on Jesus and his mission, that's where division falls apart and where unity becomes strong. And that's what we want. We want to be a group that our primary focus on everything is about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Second thing, focus on worship. Why do we gather on Sundays? Why are we even here? What's the point? God, to worship? Yeah, to worship. That's what we just said, teaching. This is the passage from Acts. Fellowship, communion, prayer, and other passages which didn't put on here. We could also add singing as part of it, what we're commanded to do. These are the things that, that are given to us as examples from the earliest community of Jesus' followers. And those things that they did built them into a community that was able to accomplish the mission. They didn't meet everyone. They didn't find everyone in the world that needed Jesus, but it got them going just the same way that we're not going to get to everyone in this group, but the actions that we do, the way that we follow Jesus can have a huge impact on this community, this neighborhood, this city, and our world. And so that's what we want to do. Focus on those things, teaching, fellowship, being together, communion, like what we just did earlier, the, the bread and the cup, prayer, singing. And this is one of the things that's a challenge for Kyler and for me and probably for Jesus is we need to add some more Spanish into our services. Uh, I've got a, an aunt who is a first-generation immigrant from uh, Mexico, and she told me a story about her dad, who a uh, native Spanish speaker, and he always wanted her to, to do church things in Spanish with him. And she was raised speaking English and didn't even learn Spanish all the way until she was an adult. And she said, you know, Dad, it's really hard for me to do that because the language of my heart is not Spanish. And so when I'm communicating with God, it's hard for me to communicate with God in a language that's not my native language. So the flip side of that is for her dad, whose primary language was Spanish, it was really hard for him to communicate the deepest things of his heart in English. We want to be a space, and it's not just Jesus and some of his family, but it's others in this area that we know of that are first that are native Spanish speakers. And Ron's shaking his head because he knows some of the people we're talking about. So we want to be a place where there's some room for that. I'm not gonna, we're not going to do the whole thing. We're not sure how that's going to look yet. But maybe add a song, at least in Spanish, or add a prayer, or some other things that we can do. Because there are people around here that that... that well, I mean, they the, the know what we're saying, but it's harder to communicate with God when we don't understand or all the words don't connect with us the same way. Y'all understand that a little bit? It's hard to understand if we don't know another language. And most of us, you know, we're monolingual and we don't know anything else but bad English, right? So, <laughs> Billy says he talks Oklahoman. That's right. That's what I meant by bad English. All right. So, 
Worship, of course, now we're doing digital and physical. We want to get better at some of those things. We want to we wanna be a church that can uh, be better about the digital part, and we're not sure yet what all that looks like. Some of this stuff is inviting conversation, too, by the way, is this isn't uh, a roadmap. Some of these things are a little bit vague, you might notice. And, and so I need, we need help. We need you guys to give us ideas, to help us implement ideas, to, to work with us and say, man, this is, you guys are drying this, and it is just not working. Give us some feedback sometimes, because there are things that we need to grow on. And that goes for the online community, too. If you're like, hey, this is not working, you guys need to do this, this, and this, that would help, because we don't know what we don't know. And somebody else, and that's why we need a community that'll help us connect. All right, focus on 74107, overlapping outreach, uh, opportunities for outreach. The more things we do here, we do a Christmas store, we do uh, our kids program that's after school uh, at apartment complexes, Western Pines and Parkview. We're doing uh, hopefully camp this summer. All these things with the same groups of people, the same kids, the same parents involved. And hopefully the more things that we do with those people, right, the more opportunities we have to meet them and to get a little bit deeper and to do more than just say, hi, let us take your kids for a minute, but we can say, hey, tell me about your life. Tell me about what's going on with you. Tell me about your struggles. Let me tell you about Jesus. Yeah? Consistent presence in the community God has placed us. We're here in 74107. The building's here in 74107. That's why we picked 74107 to focus on. It's not some mystical, magical thing. That's our, that's our neighbors, right? That's the people that are right here. Some of you guys are from right here, and that's how you found contact, and God brought you here, and that's good news. We're going to continue doing a lot of ministry to kids and families. That's kind of been our sweet spot for a long time, and that's what we want to keep doing because we've got good resources for that and some good folks that are, that are doing that. Groups like to come and do those things, and they are a big help for us. Focus on community. This is another thing we talked about a little bit, and we want to ask this question. How can we be united using technology? Some of you guys are doing the Bible studies with us online uh, on the YouVersion app or things like that. We're about to start tomorrow reading through the New Testament this year all together as a group, and I would love for as many of you as possible to join in doing that. It's going to be one chapter a day, Monday through Friday, and then a verse or two on Saturday and Sunday in your YouVersion app, so you have time to catch up if you missed a couple days. You don't have to post something every day. There's a, a ability to do that, but you just go on your Bible app. Yeah. Yeah, the YouVersion. If you don't know about this, the YouVersion Bible app, if you search for Bible on the App Store, on any App Store, it's going to be the first one that pops up. It's brown, and it says Holy Bible on the front. You download that, you get your account going. When I send out those text messages that talk about it, there's going to be one that comes out if you get the texts later today, that you just tap on that and it'll probably take care of the rest of it for you. It's going to take you to the app store to tell you to download it or whatever. Be, be in community with that, but there's probably more ways we can be connected as a community digitally because we're not always together and we're all over the place in the town. And, and we want to find ways to build community because if we're not focusing on Jesus together, the rest of the week? Is it hard? It's easy to fall back into routines. It's easy to fall back into nasty. And so we need people that are connecting with us, that are reminding us, that are helping us to focus our eyes on Jesus. How can we reach more people where they are in the digital space? So the first thing is talking about how do we build community amongst ourselves? How do we build community with people that are outside? I don't know the answer to that yet. If you got an idea, let me know. We'll figure that out maybe. Third thing, how can we bless visiting groups? So when we're talking about building community, this one's not digital as much, although it can be. 
We want to make sure that as a community, hopefully this summer, we're going to have to have groups back again. And we want to think of ways as the church that we can bless all those teenagers and whoever else is coming in. And we can show them a contact welcome, whatever that looks like. So we need to figure out what that is, what, what contact welcome means for people. All right? So we'll work on that. Focus on service. This is what Terry stole my thunder on. So last year when I did this, I had a focus on identity. And we talked about that a little bit. We started really talking about that when we focused on the book of Daniel. And the rest of this month, we're probably going to finish the book of Daniel unless something else changes and I decide not to do it next week. But the idea of focusing on identity was who are you all the time? What's the core thing about who you are? What makes you tick? And if the answer is anything else besides Jesus, then we're picking the wrong thing to be the number one, right? If there's anything else that rises above Jesus, then it's becoming idolatry. It's becoming something else that needs to get its place, which should be, you know, way down here compared to where Jesus is, right? This year, what I want to talk about a little bit is service. Service. And this is a big word in... Um, the Bible is a big word in the New Testament, especially is a big word for Jesus. And that we see reflected in Jesus' attitude. And, and Terry already shared one of these verses, but first off, it's a reflection of our master. And that's why we want to focus on service in 2021. From John chapter 13, verses 12 through 17, after washing their feet, so Jesus has just washed all 12 of his disciples' feet. He washed Peter's feet. He also washed Judas' feet, who was about to betray him. Right? All right, so he's watched all 12. And honestly, all, all 12 disciples betrayed him in different ways, but especially Judas, of course. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Why are they washing feet? Because they're dressed like me, right? They got sandals on, and they're walking on dirt roads everywhere, and their feet stink, and they're dirty. Don't come too close, all right? Because my feet stink, and they're dirty. Yeah, I should wash them. I, I took a shower this morning. It's all good. I, I got to do that. They didn't get to do that. So he's washing their feet, and that's an act of blessing them, right? It's an act of service. He says, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Who's in charge of washing the feet in the house? Yeah, the slave, the servant. Whoever the lowest person on the totem pole is washes the feet because it's a dirty, nasty job. Where on the totem pole does Jesus fit? And what's he choosing to do? get down on his hands and knees and do the dirty work, right? If that's the way Jesus was, am I better than Jesus? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Man, that was firm. <laughs> Absolutely not. Then what's my job? To try to be more like Jesus. Does anyone get out of that? Do any of us have the choice to not be like Jesus then? So we all serve each other, right? That's what he says. We all serve each other. Second thing, this shows love for each other, right? Is how we love each other. 
First John chapter 3, verse 16 through 20. John again says, we know that real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. All right? You guys, brothers and sisters, that's who we are. We call each other brothers and sisters in Christ because we have the same father. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and he knows everything. All right? Do you ever feel guilty? Do you feel guilty sometimes even after you brought it to God? Yeah, that's what this is talking about. It's talking about even if you feel guilty after you brought it to God, God is looking at your heart. And if your heart and your actions are focused on loving others and serving others, once you brought that to him, God's going to wash that away. God's going to wash that away. And God is transforming you. And the acts of service are part of how God is transforming us. Is it easy to think I'm better than you if I'm on the floor washing your feet? If I'm going to your house and scrubbing your toilet? If I'm whatever it is, it's hard for me to think I'm better, isn't it? That's intentional. Jesus doesn't want us to think we're better than each other. Jesus created a community of people that are equal in his sight. We have different talents. We have different gifts. There are different purposes for us in God's body. We all have different things that we can do. But the thing that we don't have a choice on and the thing that's not one size or custom for each person is we've got to love each other. We've got to love each other. And we show that love in a big way by serving each other. And that's going to that's look different. The how we serve is going to look different. The love that undergirds it is from Jesus. Third thing, love for those who are not part of our family yet. That's our neighbors outside here, right? People who we know need Jesus' love, but they're not here yet. This doesn't exactly apply, but it's a really important verse, so I want to read it, because it'll give you an, an understanding, I think, of how we become the kind of people that are going to serve those outside of here. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. Paul says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Have we been talking about that kind of stuff already this morning? Yeah. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. What does that mean? He didn't walk around, I'm God, zap, 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 right? Is that what he does? No. No, what's he doing? He's getting dirty on the ground. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave, and he was born as a human being. Wasn't born in the nicest place, was he? We just talked about that with Christmas. Born in a stinky barn with animals, right? To an 
unwed teenage woman who's going to be scandalous for her whole life because they know it wasn't a big town. They know she got pregnant before she was married. Why would you choose that, God? Why is that the way? That doesn't seem like the easy way. He took a humble position of a slave, gave up his divine privileges. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. If you were writing the God story, is that how you'd write it? If you were the one making things up, is that how you'd plan it? Nope. That's not how I'd have planned it. Good thing we're not in charge of writing the story. Good thing God's in charge of that. He humbles himself. Is obedient to God. If Jesus was obedient to God, do we need to be obedient to God? Is Jesus wrote glamorous? No. Is the cross? We might have gold pretty crosses hanging somewhere in our house around our necks. But I wouldn't want to be on it. That's right. I wouldn't want to be on it. And that's what we're called to, to carry our cross. Oof. Therefore, because of that, though, God exalted him to the place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God exalts those who are humble. Jesus fully lived out what God wanted. Jesus was God's son, but Jesus also lived as a man and gave up those things that he didn't have to. Praise God for doing that. May we also find ways to give up the privilege and the things that we have that make us feel like we're better than others to reflect what it's like to be Jesus, a servant, humble, wanting the best for you, not for me. Wanting to do whatever it takes to serve. How do we do it? We're going to find ways to use our gifts here at the building. I mean, there's always a need for volunteers for different things. We've got to find ways to plug people in because that's a good way to learn how to serve, right? If we do something maybe here, maybe it's during Sunday, maybe it's a different time of the week. But we also want to do ways to do that outside of here. Some of us have really awesome skills. I have no car skills, Raise your hand if you've got some car skills. Yeah, uh-huh. Is that a way you can serve? Tell her. Yeah. Raise your hand if you've got some, I don't know, what else? Some of us have, there's different kinds of skills. You've got some art skills, maybe. There's a way to help with that. You have some ways that you can, you are great at writing notes to people and encouraging. Is that serving? Sure. Maybe, I don't know, there's so many things. There's so many things that we already have skills and abilities in. And there are ways for all of those skills and abilities to be of service to God's kingdom. And what I want us to think about this year is how do we use what God has already blessed us with to serve the kingdom? Because every part of our lives gets transformed the more we become like Jesus. How can we surrender those things that we think are just ours and use them to bless the kingdom in our own special way? That's a big question. Staff, we've got to find ways to include the contact family more often. 
We are awful sometimes about not letting you guys know what's going on, about not inviting you guys to serve, about doing things and saying, man, this is just easier if I do it myself. That's a big thing for me. I like to control what's going on. I have a very specific way I want everything done most of the time. I am that kind of person, and it is hard for me to let go. So I got I to gotta find ways to invite others to serve. Because if I don't let you serve, am I being like Jesus? Jesus invited his disciples. He said, I've shown you how to do it. Now do it. Now do it. So if I, that's not how Jesus was. He wasn't holding on to everything so tight and getting an aneurysm because of being so stressed about stuff, right? <laughs> let's go. Let's go with some of those things, and that's good to do. Contact family, we got to keep thinking souls. We got to keep showing up. We got to keep on interrupting lives for the kingdom. Is it always convenient for me to serve? For you to serve? No, it's rarely convenient. But we got to interrupt lives to serve, to show up, share that good news. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously. He'll give you everything you need. I love this verse. Seek the kingdom. Live the way God's called you to. He's going to take care of it. He's going to take care of it. In 2021, my prayer for us is that we will surrender. In fact, let's pray about that right now, and we'll end it this way. God, thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for this group of people that have been consistent and have kept on showing up in the midst of all kinds of difficulty. The people online who week after week, when it's annoying to watch online, have kept on showing up and dealing with the technical difficulties and everything. These people that have said, we want to be committed to the work you're doing here through contact, no matter what. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you for these faithful brothers and sisters. God, as we enter this new year, as we look at the possibilities, as we are more anxious about this year than we were last year because of all the things that we've seen, God, we pray that you would help us keep our eyes on Jesus, that you would help us become a community that is caring for each other and that loves each other and it takes time out of our days to think about and share with each other. God, we pray that you would help us to be people who are committed to serving the kingdom and they're committed to using everything that we have for you and for your glory and to love others in the way that you've loved us. God, you are so good. We are so thankful for your family. We're thankful to be part of it. God, continue to make us more like Jesus. We pray all of these things in his name. Amen. Stand and sing.